Let's look at Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6, as we worship the Lord with our giving. I'm going to start with verse 19, and uh, we're going to talk for just a couple minutes, I think, uh, about the effect that giving has on your heart. You know, giving affects your heart. really generous giving really affects your heart. Uh, uh, Matthew uh, chapter 6, verse 19. Don't lay up for yourself treasures on earth. Notice the word treasures. Don't lay up for yourself treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourself treasures. Notice the word treasures. In heaven, where neither moth or rust destroys and where thieves don't break in and steal. For where your treasure is, notice the word treasure, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. I mean, people get like, I don't want to advertise any services here, but like LifeLock or what all these other ones are to protect their identity because if somebody steals your identity, your social security number, they can steal all your money. They have access. And uh, people will put uh, lots of cash in uh, banks many times or they'll put it in a safe at the house or uh, some other place. Why? Because it's treasure. It's You want to protect it. But he's saying... Let your treasure be in heaven. He's not saying don't have a bank account, don't have a safe. But what do you treasure? What do you value? What's valuable to you? What do you protect? It's interesting when you, when you look at the kingdom of God and money. The Lord has no trouble with us having money. In fact, he would rather that we had plenty of money. So much so that Jesus paid the price that we would not be under the curse of poverty. So much so that he blessed us. But, but you know, he, he gives some warnings about money too, and he doesn't want money to have us. You know, uh, Timothy, Paul, by the Holy Spirit, wrote to Timothy, command those that are rich in this life that they be generous and willing to distribute and don't be high-minded. Right? Well, what was high-minded? Well, if you've got a lot of money, sometimes we need to pray for people that have a lot of money, that they would get a revelation of the end of all things and the reality. Because why? Well, sometimes people with a lot of money, you know, Jesus even said it's harder for them to enter the kingdom of God than for a camel to go through the eye of a needle. Why? Because, well, one of the things is they called the gate through the wall, the needle, and the camel, in order to get through the needle, would actually have to take all of its goods and all of its stuff off in order to get through. And uh, you could start relying upon money. He said, and, and Timothy, don't trust in what kind of riches? Uncertain. Say it louder. Uncertain, Uncertain riches. 
So riches are uncertain. And uh, boy, if you don't pay attention, you could find yourself prioritizing that as the number one. Proverbs says it's wise to save for the future. So he's not saying like, just forget about money, but don't put money first. Seek first, verse 33, if we skip down, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all of these things will be added to you. Do you remember that revelation you got the other day about that? You, you want, can you say that? Do you remember? You try to remember. Okay. So she was studying this uh, earlier in the week. And, uh, you know, uh, the Lord was speaking to her, and I thought it was really good. And um, verse 21. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The lamp of the body is the eye. If, therefore, your eye is good, I'm reading in King, uh, New King James, your eye is good, literally that uh, means generous, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, or King James translate that as evil, but literally it means grudging. You want somebody to take you out to lunch and pay for it grudgingly? Well, if they do, their, their, their whole body will be full of darkness. The Bible calls that an evil eye. Ooh, that's pretty strong, huh? That's an evil eye. Well, if you put money first and you're pinching every penny, you're not a generous person. You have an evil eye. What you see is like, well, I have to take, take them out to lunch. How much, how much is that going to cost me? If I, if, I, if, I, if I give, what am I going to get out of it? Well, you get to be involved in what God is doing in the earth. You get to have a part. You get to have your heart affected because where your treasure is, your heart is there also. So you can actually direct your heart where you want it to be. And there's nothing like freely giving to the things of God because you love God, because you want to be involved in what he's doing, because you're making a declaration through your giving that I I'm trusting God for my finances more than I'm trusting my job, my vocation, or money itself. God is my source. God is my supply. It will affect you spiritually when you give generously from your heart. It'll affect your ability to receive the Word of God. It'll open you to the Word of God. It'll open the Word of God to you by giving with a heart of giving. Uh, second, uh, second Corinthians 8, uh, Amplified Translation says... Uh, uh, give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, because God loves, values above everything else. Uh, a prompt to do it, cheerful, happy, hilarious giver whose heart is in his giving, right? God loves givers. God hangs out with givers. And when you're a giver, your whole body will be full of light. You'll have direction in every part that your life touches. What you put your hand to, the Lord will bless. What's your hand? That's part of your body. What am I putting my hand to? Well, I'm going to have light because I'm a giver. Why? If I don't have light, you know, you might stub your toe. I stubbed my toe this week, and like that thing turned black and blue like that. I did it in the light. <laughs> Your whole body would be full of light. 
You ever notice generous people seem to be kind of worry-free? Well, there's more where that came from. When God is your source, you can be a giver. So if you have trouble being a giver, I want to leave you with this question to ask yourself and to ask the Lord, are you my source? Are you my source? I mean, we know the answer is supposed to be yes, but, but I'm saying, like, I want your life to be touched by this. Just ask the Lord, are you my source? Especially if you think he is your source. You really need to ask it. Because <laughs> if, you, if you think he is, and he's really not, not like he should be, well, if you get that lined up, I don't know, you, you, you better get ready. There are going to be some trucks backing up at your house with some deliveries. Special delivery from heaven. Amen. So that's the question. Is God my source? What would happen if you actually let go of the worry of money and trusted God? Does the Bible ever say to test the Lord in anything or prove him in anything? Well, the only one I'm really aware of is prove me in this now, says the Lord, if I will not open up the windows of heaven and pour you out such a blessing that you're not able to contain it. Amen. You're going to have to enlarge your house. I'm saying like your spiritual house, which will affect your natural house, but I'm talking spiritual. I'm talking valuable things, things of great value, things of treasure, treasures, Treasures, he says, treasures from heaven. There's treasures from heaven. You can access, we can access heavenly treasure. Here on the earth, he's like, here on the earth, treasure from heaven. I was praying one time several months, uh, a couple years ago, three, I don't know how long, recently. Somehow in the spirit, I saw a portal cut from the realm of the natural into heaven. It's kind of like reminding me of Jacob's ladder where the angels were ascending and descending. You know, like, through the power of the blood of Jesus, every believer has access to cut a portal into heaven and receive from God here in the land of the living, that as Christ the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, He will come in the form of someone that looks and sounds just like you and dwell among the earth. Same rapport with God. Same equipment from God. Same Holy Spirit. Same anointing. Huh. Blow your brains so much that you quit relying on them. You dare to believe God. You actually act like the Bible's true. You live like God is alive. You live like there is a God. You give like there is a God. You talk like there is a God. Hallelujah. Well, it's a kind of different service today. Hallelujah. Same spirit, 
but he shows up in different ways. You know, Jesus has appeared to several people. You know, it's interesting, when he appears to people, the message he has, he's generally clothed in something to do with the message. Some people have seen him enrobed in white. Some people have seen him with sandals. Some people have, you know, seen him barefoot. No, no, we're not all guaranteed. Nobody's guaranteed to see a vision of Jesus, but in fact, you might not want to have a vision of Jesus because the responsibility that comes with it. Some people have seen him in the scriptures with fire. Fire. Loins of fire. Praise the Lord. My God is an all-consuming fire. Let the fire of God, let the fire of God just touch you. Let the fire of God just come all over you. Let the fire of God burn out every bit of chaff in you, around you, about you. There's a purifying agent in the fire of God. He'll purify you. <laughs> Angels ascending and descending. Hallelujah. Angels or ministering spirits sent to minister for you. You say, go get. I'm believing God for money. Go get the money. I need an opportunity. Go get the opportunity. In the name of Jesus. It's actually been prophesied that there would be more angelic appearances in these last days. Some people entertain angels and aren't even aware of it, the Bible says. Well, that's pretty awesome, but don't you forget that you will judge the angels. Huh. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Do you know that the veil, Jesus' flesh, the Bible says, was a veil? The veil was torn so that we could actually see beyond the veil of our own flesh. The presence of God came out of the earthly, man-made, holy place, most holy place on earth, and came and lives in the crown of God's design of a home, which is in the spirit of the born-again believer. Man, if I could have just walked with Jesus, I would have asked him these questions and talked with him and tell me stories. Then I'd kind of be like, um, uh, stop taking my time with Jesus. I want some time with Jesus. 
I know you want to talk to him, but I want to talk to him. I'm going to fight you. Time with Jesus. You're going to fight me. Time with Jesus. My turn. My turn. Well, that would have been a blessing, but the, the glory of the latter house is greater. So now, he's much closer to me than he was to the disciples. He's much closer to you than he was to the disciples. He lives on the inside of every believer. Interesting how you can take for granted something that uh, you, you, you can live unaware of. But the presence of the Lord, the holy presence of the Lord, lives on the inside of every believer. That's why when you just live a life full of flesh, fulfilling fleshly desires, which may be fine, and, and not, not even evil fleshly desires, just they're just not of heaven, you know. Uh, you know, you could just forget about God. Just live your life, forget about God. Oh, that's so interesting. I think it's Proverbs chapter 14. Proverbs chapter 14. I think somebody's praising the Lord. <laughs> Out of the mouth of babes, he has ordained praise. Praise the Lord. Proverbs chapter 14, verse 12. There is a way which seems right to a man but the end of it are the ways of death. Even in laughter, the heart is sorrowful, and the end of that myrrh is heaviness. The backslider in heart will be filled with his own ways. The backslider in heart will be filled with whose ways? His own, I'm just going to go my own way. I'm my own man. I'm going to do my own thing. No, you're bought with a price because you're so valuable. Therefore, glorify God in your body. Does that glorify God? And in your spirit, which are the Lord's. You are valuable. You were bought at the price of the blood of Jesus Christ and the life of Jesus Christ. For the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame. What was the joy? You were the joy. You were the joy. He, 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 he over 2,000 earth years ago was on the cross and he looked down through time and he saw you. Every one of you. He saw every, and not just, not just you that are here, but he saw every person. Even the joy that was set before him, those who have not received. You know, there is more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents and turns to the Lord then everybody that's already part, you're the joy set before him. This is love. God is love. God is love. And love says, I am giving myself up so you can experience real life, so you can really live, 
so you can be blessed, so you can be filled, so you can then do the same thing I'm doing and be a giver. Hallelujah. Say it louder, I can't hear you. For sure. For sure, amen. <laughs> hey, be careful, you might have said, I disagree. <laughs> Praise the Lord. That's up to you. No. <laughs> I know you don't. <laughs> no one can serve two masters. He'll either hate one and love the other, or he'll be loyal to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God in riches. Mammon, you cannot serve God in riches. Stop trying to serve God in riches. You can't do it. You can't do it. You know, the funny thing is, as soon as you stop trying to serve riches, you're, you are lined up for riches without sorrow. The blessing of the Lord makes you rich and adds no sorrow with it. Why would he have to say adds no sorrow with it? Wouldn't rich people just not have any sorrow because they're rich? It is so nice to have money, but there are, there are so many things that money cannot buy. Money cannot get you, in so many cases, health. Money cannot mend a relationship. I mean, if our relationship is having trouble between me and you, you should, you should try money. No, I'm kidding. I just had to lighten it. Had to lighten it a little bit. Well, I, I tell you, a, a parent who has given their life to money instead of to their children, while their children growing up, when they see clearly, they'd probably give all that money back and do it over if they could. And sometimes you can't. But we believe God. We we trust the Lord. We look to the Lord. You don't get overcome in your mistakes. What you do is instead of just uh, being overcome, you, you just make a change right now. Be like Peter in the Bible. Lord, I will, you will never wash my feet. <laughs> One of my favorite things that Peter did. Jesus is like, I'm going to wash your feet. No, never. You will never wash my feet. Well, then you don't have any part in me. Oh, wash my whole body. He's like, chill out, brother. <laughs> but I mean, we could really learn something from Peter. Those of us that maybe in our personality would struggle more to be like, oh man, I can't believe I, then I said the wrong thing. And, and Peter's just like, all right, wash my whole body. He's like, you're not gonna wash, I'm not, no, I'm just your feet, Peter, just your feet. <laughs> oh, okay, just feet, just the feet. You know, Peter could flip on a dime. There's some bad things about that, but there's some really good things about that. You know, there was a family that this girl, she came up to Kenneth Hagin one time and said, can I ask you a question? And uh, her question started out like a statement. And she said, you know, my husband's family, uh, 
they're pretty inconsistent in coming to church. They're kind of inconsistent in giving money, tithing, offerings. But uh, every time sickness comes on their body and they, they ask a prayer for healing, they always get healed. But my family, you know, they never miss a service. They're always serving, always giving. But if they have ever gotten healed, I don't know it. And he said to her, well, you have not asked me a question. Oh, she said, why? <laughs> well, he said, if the Lord doesn't tell me, how would I know that? He said, but I can tell you this just through ministering for a long time. Your husband's probably, family is probably quick to repent and quick to forgive and quick to believe. And your family's probably pretty slow about it. And she said, huh, how did you know that? He said, well, just because I've been, you know, ministered to enough people, you just kind of learn it learn it after a while. And she said, yeah, she said, my family, we would forgive you eventually because we know we have to, but we'd hold on just as long as we dare. <laughs> well, Peter's like, no, here, wash my whole body. Peter sees Jesus walking on the water. He's like, hey, speak the word so I can walk on the water. Right? Gets out there before he realizes what he's doing. And he realizes what he's doing because he, he, he sees the storm. He starts looking at the storm instead of focusing on Jesus. There's lots of storms that come. Lots of tests, lots of trials, lots of trouble on the water. The water's not always calm. So he, water's calm and you're looking at Jesus. Oh, oh, it's so wonderful. It's so wonderful. You start, you're walking and you don't even realize you're going up and down up and down and all of a sudden you kind of get splashed and you're like whoa 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 what's happening and you start to sink I mean the funny part about that story is he began to sink when's the last time you've begun to sink I mean if you're in a boat maybe or a little raft or something like that but normally you just sink So uh, Peter uh, is such an amazing individual that we could really learn from, he, he doesn't waller in his mistakes. He's like, oh, all right, this is what I'm going to do. Wash my whole body. Then you wash my whole body. He's like, I want, I'm 100% in. Whatever you're doing, I'm 100% in. And I think I know what it is, but I, I keep getting <laughs> off track. So the Lord would just redirect him. So we're all in. No one can serve two masters. He'll either hate one and love the other or also be loyal to one and despise the other. You can't serve God in riches. Therefore, I say to you, don't worry about your life. What you will eat, what you will drink, nor your body, what you'll put on, is not life more than food and the body more than clothing. Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow or reap, neither gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to his stature? So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow, they neither toil or spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Of course, Solomon was like the richest man 
and the most wise, and the riches came because of the wisdom. Okay. Now, if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, he, um, will he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Therefore, don't worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what will we wear? For all the, after all these things the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knows that you have need of these things. Many people will know this. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all of these things will be added to you. Therefore, don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. <laughs> Isn't he so wise? Let tomorrow worry about tomorrow. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Did you remember, Evie? Uh, yeah, I kind of. What was it? Uh, just like when um, you're so uh, thinking about yourself, what am I going to wear? What am I going to drink? You get so caught up in all that. And then he says, like, you're actually not having faith in God when you do that because you're, like, thinking about all that stuff and you're actually not having, like, you're not trusting in him. Yeah, she said to me the other day, she's like, I just saw this, like, I, 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 what am I going to wear? What am I going to drink? What am I going to put on? And she's like, he's just saying, just look to the Lord first. Don't focus on all those little things so much. Just look to the Lord. Uh, he'll take care of you. Seek him first. Yeah. Bible says, seek him first. The Bible says, pray first. Moses went out early in the morning to the place that he stood before the Lord. Psalm, or was it Psalm uh, 55? Uh, well, I'm all over in my notes over here, so praise the Lord. I'm not really in my notes much. Oh, Psalm 88, 13. But to you I cry, O Lord, and in the morning will my prayer come to meet you. In the morning will my prayer come to meet you. There's something about putting God first. Actually, there's something about what you put first in your day. I'm not talking peripheral things like using the restroom or something like that. But other things. You'll find when you put something first, your, your mind has a tendency to go back to that throughout the day. So I try to be very careful about what I first set my mind on, what I first open my heart to. I want it to be the things of God. I mean, when he said concerning money, the first fruits of all of your increase, the first was the choice and the best. Well, I don't know about your day, but, you know, my, my day, the first is the choice and the best for, for me. Now, some people are not, my wife's not like that, you know. But even though she's not like that, I believe scripturally the best thing is first you set your eyes upon the word of God and you open your heart to the word. You open your heart in prayer to the voice of the Holy Spirit. And it'll help set the course of your whole day. It's amazing the wisdom that you can receive from God by giving him the first. And that when you give him the first... All the stuff, because you don't have time to do that, 
if you don't do it, that you're just going to fail at and it's not going to work. The Lord has a way of helping you to see how to arrange the best possible pathway to accomplishing all of those things. Praise the Lord. All right, Dave, in just a minute, I don't know where you went. Uh, we will uh, worship the Lord with our giving. Psalm 119, verse 130 says, The entrance of your words gives light. It gives understanding to the simple. The entrance of his words gives light. It gives understanding to the simple. Melody used to read that in a, in a, in a was like, you know, you hear simple, like somebody's simple-minded, it's not normally a compliment. But you know, uh, my mind, I could take a bunch of stuff and get overly complex, try to analyze, figure out all this stuff. But that's not how I receive from the Lord. He gives understanding to the simple. Like kind of like be still and know that I am God. That you like let him be someone, let him show you. Psalm 46.10 says, be still and know that I am God. Well, first you must be still. If you have children, you've probably said, be still or calm down or stop moving for just a second. Be still and know that I am God. Uh, we were talking with uh, Pastor Lynn Hammond one time, and she said, um, you know, one of the things she would do with uh, her prayer groups is she had a, sometimes people would just be like, they'd just be sitting there and their legs going like this, their hands moving like this, and she'd like, be still. Because if you can't keep your body still, how are you keeping your mind still and how are you able to enter in? So first you be still, next you know God. You be still and know that I am God. He gives understanding to the simple. Uh, Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. God has a plan for every person's life. And the foundation of that plan, well, the plan, here is the plan. Want to know God's plan for your life? I'll tell, tell you God's plan for your life right now. His plan for you and for every person is that you be, number one, born again, recreated in Christ Jesus and become a part of the family of God and be restored to relationship with him, that there's nothing between you and him. And number two, that you be filled with the Holy Spirit, full of him. That's the plan of God. Why? Because when those two things happen in your life, you are now positioned upon a foundation which cannot be shaken and cannot be moved, and you are positioned to hear and to know some other specifics. The Lord will give you the desires of your heart. 
What things soever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. I don't know the plan besides those two. I don't know the plan of God for your life. I could have some mental ideas. If the Lord revealed to me, I, I could know some of the plan. But, he, you know, we know in part. But I know if you're going to fulfill the plan of God, you must be born again and you must be full of Him. Full of His Spirit. Well, then you're positioned to do and to go and to hear. Paul said, uh, Sirs, I perceive that this voyage is going to be uh, perilous and with great damage. He said, I perceive. Many times, knowing what the Lord has called you to do is a perception. I perceive. Uh, later on in Acts, they said, uh, it seemed good to me in the Holy Spirit that we would go over here. Another time, Paul said, well, we desired to go over into Asia, but the Spirit forbid us. So the, the leading of the Lord um, is not etched in stone like the Ten Commandments. It is an awareness on the inside that you, you know Him, and it, it seems like this. It seems good to me and it seems good to the Holy Spirit that we go here and do this or do that. Sometimes through uh, determining your desires, you can figure out the will of God. Because I don't know, I don't want to insult anybody, but uh, just think of the thing you wouldn't want to do. Like maybe you, you would never desire to be a garbage man or woman, right? So you say, is that the will of God for me? Well, I mean, it is for somebody, I'm sure. And there'd be such fulfillment there. And the Lord would probably have you just start with the truck, and then you're the lead on the truck, and then after that, you're like... Uh, the lead of a couple trucks, and maybe you start your own business. You know, some people might say, like, I, I grown up, it would have been awesome to be like a professional pilot, right? I thought that would be pretty cool. That would be a desire I had. But then what do you do with that desire? Is that from me, or is that from the Lord? What is that? Well, I had a pastor one time who told me, he said, um, I was like, am I called into the ministry? How would I know? He said, well, if you could ever be satisfied doing anything else, you're probably not called. That was a really good statement. So the Lord will work with your desires. You take those desires and you kind of like put yourself in your heart like as if you're there doing that and see, just see how satisfying that would be for you. Because there's some... You know, I, I could put myself there now. I could put there. I know so much now about doing that that I probably wouldn't enjoy. But anyhow, you put yourself in the plane in the cockpit. You know, like on the best day, just pretend that you actually don't have a normal corporate schedule. You have a real schedule, so you can actually have a life. Okay, most of those guys don't have a life. Okay, 
I mean, you get a thrill when you're flying the plane. I have my private pilot's license, and sometimes you get a bigger thrill there because that's so light, the plane, it just goes, whoa, you get a scare. And so, uh, but just imagine, like, the ultimate, like, the best. Like, what if I was doing this all the time? Would I just be like, I have arrived? This is, a, I'm just so fulfilled on the inside? Well, it would fulfill, a, it would scratch an itch, if you know what I mean. But it wouldn't fulfill me on the inside. So I believe when you're born again, stay full of the Spirit, pray a lot in other tongues if you're trying to determine the will of God for your life, and then you get still before the Lord, and you, you put, put these things on the altar before the Lord, so to speak, and ask Him, what do you have for me? Is this the right thing? Right? So just don't neglect the desires that are in you because those desires, the Lord puts desires for a reason, but not every desire is the Lord. But you can take those desires and, and you can put them before the Lord. You know, it's the worst thing in the world to make a life-altering decision and be out of fellowship with the Lord. I didn't say out of relationship because if you're born again, you're in relationship, but I said out of fellowship. You know, he's kind of like the third wheel. So you want to be in close fellowship with the Lord, especially when you're making life. You want to live that way, honestly. It's, it's, much, it's a, such a wonderful way to live, safer way to live. But, but boy, I sure, certainly wouldn't make a life-altering decision and not be in fellowship with the Lord because the backslider in heart will be filled with his own ways. It's amazing how we can fill ourselves with our own ways and not even realize it. What's what the Lord's telling me to do, you know? The Lord's telling me to leave my wife. The Lord's telling me that, that um, the banking system was set up illegally according to the word of God, so I don't need to make my house payment anymore. The Lord's, I'm telling you things I've heard people say and watched them do. No, you, you want to be in fellowship with the Lord. Amen. Praise the Lord. Stand up with me. Proverbs 14 says, the backslider in heart will be filled with his own ways. Do you know to miss heaven on earth and heaven after you leave the earth? All you have to do is be filled with your own ways. But you know what? Thank God we can be filled with His ways, His plans, His purposes. Don't make it so hard. He, he don't make it hard. He makes it easy. Knock and the door will be open. Seek and you will find. Everyone Everyone, every single person who asks, receives. To him who knocks, he's going to open that door wide. How do you do that? From your heart. You make a decision to open your heart to God. You make a decision to seek God from your heart. You say, God, 
I've gone my own way. I've done that. I want your way. I want your best. God loves you, and because he loves you, he will never force you. He'll never force you to come here. The devil forces, the devil pressures. God doesn't do that. God gives you opportunities. He, he opens your eyes so you can see the direction your life is headed, so you can make a decision to, to go his direction. And yeah, when you turn to him, you're going to receive brand new life. You're going to see fresh vision. You're, you're going to get a fresh start. There's nothing like turning your life over to him. There's nothing like the life that comes into you when you receive him. If you're here this morning and you have never received Jesus as Lord, invite him into your heart this morning. Ask him to be your Lord. Make him the Lord of your life. Make a decision this morning for him. Don't put it off. Don't procrastinate. It's amazing how fast time goes. Don't wait another moment. Maybe you're here and, you know, you, you, you've been born again, but, you know, most people aren't aware of it. Maybe nobody else is aware of it, but you've let the fire dwindle down. You're not even in fellowship with the Lord. And you know I need to come back. With every head bowed and every eye closed, just out of respect for people. We're not trying to embarrass anybody. Uh, I don't even need the ushers looking. Just slip up your hand if that's you. I'm not going to make you come forward. But we need to mean business with God because he means business with us. Amen. Let's all pray this together. If you'd like to be born again, like to come back, I want you to pray this as well. Say, oh God, I believe in you. I believe that you are and that you are a rewarder of those who seek you. I believe that Jesus Christ is your son and that he died on the cross to take away my sins, to make me right with you, and I receive him. Lord Jesus, I receive you into my heart. You are Lord of my life. Father God, thank you that I am now saved. I am forgiven. I'm a part of your family. Fill me with your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Father, in the name of Jesus, we just receive a fresh infilling of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. We thank you, Father, for the fullness of your spirit. We thank you for your presence this morning. Father, I pray for every one of us. Right now, you'll remind us of significant things that you have done in our hearts in this service today. Father, I thank you that you're a, a, a giver and that you give assignments. Father, I, I pray for the assignments that you've given us for this week. Father, I, I ask that you'll give us opportunities once again and keenness and awareness and the right words as we interact with others here 
with others at home, with others in our daily life and in our work. Father, that the entrance of your word gives light that you'll grant to us the knowledge of and the words to give seeds of deliverance, salvation, fullness of your spirit. Father, thank you for opportunities to reap the harvest and boldness. Father, I thank you for healing the sick, for delivering the bound, and for setting us free in every arena of our life. In Jesus' name, amen. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I plead the blood, his blood over your life, over the direction of your life, over everything that concerns you, over your heart, over your mind, over your body. Father, we have faith in the blood. I believe the blood of Jesus is perfecting everything that concerns us, reconciling everything in us to your perfect will every single day in every single way. Father, I thank you for keenness in the spirit for each one of us. We're aware of the tactics of the enemy and the attacks of the enemy. We overcome him by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, I thank you for your divine assignment coming to pass over every one of us in every part of our life. Don't let us live below. Don't let us live without. Father, we, we give ourselves to you. You are the potter and we are the clay. Hallelujah. Thank you for forming and shaping and delivering and revealing, showing us things to come. Hallelujah. We cancel every evil assignment against our lives in the name of Jesus because of the blood. We cancel every demonic influence and force operating through those who are aware and those who are unaware. We resist that and we cancel it in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We will walk in the fullness of your plan for our lives. We will fulfill all that you have called us to fulfill. We will walk in the fullness of your plan and your purpose and your presence and your anointing every day of our life. With long life, you will satisfy us. With long health, you will satisfy us and show us your salvation. Our minds are alert. Our minds will not decay and deteriorate, but we will walk in the fullness of the quickening power of your spirit in our mind. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we receive everything that the blood of Jesus and every stripe on his back and his body and his spirit paid for us to receive. We walk in fullness of life in every part of our life. In the name of Jesus, we will not be uh, under the dominion of darkness in our thoughts, in our minds, in our bodies, in our families, in our homes, in our church, in our nation. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we come against every demonic force to pervert the plan, your plan for this nation and this country. 
you stop in your maneuvers in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We plead the blood of Jesus. May what the blood of Jesus purchased for us, for our nation, may that come to pass in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. You be true, Father, and every man a liar, every demon a liar. We resist every demonic force in the name of Jesus. We stand against you in the power of the blood of Jesus. By the name of the Lord Jesus Christ who defeated you. You have no place. Get in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, Lord, we magnify you. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, we give you glory and honor. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Father, may your presence go with us. Thank you that you always live on the inside of us. But even your presence surrounding us. Hallelujah, as we go. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. If you'd like agreement in prayer, uh, Tim and Kathy McLean will be up here right after the service. Thank you so much for joining us. Take what the Lord has stirred among us this morning and launch out into the deep. Hallelujah. You can do things you've never done before. Hallelujah. You can cross bridges that you've been too afraid to cross. Hallelujah. The Lord will go with you. The Lord is strong. The Lord is your shelter. The Lord is your protection. The Lord is in you and with you and among you and for you. If God be for you, who can be against you? Who would dare to be against you? If he gave you Jesus, how will he not freely give you all things. How could he possibly not freely give us all things if he gave us Jesus? If he gave us Jesus, there's not, no good thing will he withhold from those who walk uprightly before him. How do you walk uprightly? You just walk in his righteousness. He's, he's made everything about you right. He straightened out those crooked places. He straightened them. Straightened them. As soon as you realize it, declare it, and live like it's true, you'll experience it. Hallelujah. No good thing will he withhold. Hallelujah. Be more aware of his goodness, his mercy, his love towards you than you ever are of your mistakes, than you ever are of physical weakness, than you ever are of financial inability. Just magnify the Lord. Come magnify the Lord with me. Let's exalt his name together. Let's lift him high in our houses, in our homes. Say, well, the Lord will provide. Well, how's this going to happen? Well, the Lord will make a way. Just, just, just redirect your attention to the Lord. Take your attention off of fighting and bickering and each other and the news, which is fighting and bickering. Okay. And, and just direct it to the Lord. Come magnify the Lord with me. Let's exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all 
of my fears. Uh, they looked unto him and their faces were not ashamed. <laughs> well, you can look to other people and have a, a shame face, but when you look to him, all shame is wiped away. All shame is gone. All shame is gone. <laughs> he just takes away all shame. Just take a deep breath and receive the infilling of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Rest and refreshing in the presence of the Lord. Amen. He'll refresh you every day in every way. Amen.